your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to. Oh man, what is it? It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. I had Monday off, so I'm, I'm a day behind everything. Uh, I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour, a little bit selfish here is what I'm doing. I'm making this a selfish show, but I'm going to try to relate this to Wisconsin politics a little bit. But uh, State Rep Gene Pulowski, Minnesota State Rep, he's in the House. He's been in the House for a long time, um, almost as long as I've been alive. But uh, 1986, you've been in the House. Hi, Gene. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I am. I am now the senior member of the Minnesota House of Representatives. Uh, so uh, I am the longest serving member uh, in the House. All right, and I have a I have a slew of things because and and you might even complain about uh, some of this stuff, uh, Gene. Um, Minnesota has 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 flipped the Senate, so the entire government has gone Democratic. And what's happened in Minnesota is a lot of legislation is being, there's a lot of headlines. I have a lot of headlines of legislation being passed, but you talked to me two minutes ago before we came on that there's also a lot of legislation that doesn't make headlines because if it did, we would have over maybe about 3,000 stories because you you said that about 2,700 bills have been proposed and you're a part-time state legislature. Over 2,700 bills as of today have been proposed in two months. This is a record. It's a tsunami backed up by an avalanche. Our revisor's office is backed up at least two weeks, and we understand they may be drafting another 2,000 bills. We will break all records, and it's highly likely that by the end of May we have to And on May 22nd, for the first year of the session, we will have introduced more bills in five months than we did in two years in the last legislative session. All right. And I just want to I'm going to I'm going to throw my list out to the audience audience here, Gene. In Minnesota, uh, they're they're working on and you tell me if we've passed some of these gun reform, legalizing marijuana, a public option for health care, legalized sports gambling. I believe this already happened. Or uh, Roe versus Wade has been codified. Essentially, the Roe versus Wade uh, uh, federal law, uh, carbon neutral by 2040, clean car rules to promote electric vehicles, uh, free school meals. We're kind of free school meals. Felons get their voting rights back. I think we did that just recently. Uh, end hair and end, end hair discrimination. We did that. Automatic voter registration. I feel like we kind of do that already, but um, paid sick leave, child care funding, um, banning PFAS or forever chemicals, uh, driver's licenses for all. I th- did we do that one? I don't, I've seen a sorry, but I'm not sure. Driver's licenses for all did pass the House. That passed the House. Okay. Uh-huh. And then um, and I, I thought it might have passed the Senate, but I'm not sure. And then uh, in infrastructure bill, we we passed the house, but now that one is going to be held up. Of all those things, is there something on the on that list that's the most important to you? Uh, the infrastructure bill, we passed two Monday night. Uh, we passed one with what we call general obligation bonds. Those take a supermajority, so we needed eleven Republican votes. We actually got twenty one. The second bill was cash. And as you know, we have a small surplus here in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I should uh, mention and, that. And we only uh, we, we got, um, I think, 91. No, I think we got over 100 votes on that one. But the infrastructure bill is important. Winona is one of the five cities in Minnesota that has support and a port authority. 
Uh, there was $19 million to be split among those five cities for improvements on their ports. Uh, we also have Winona State University. The Cecil Project was the beginning of that was in the bill. Higher Education Asset Preservation was in the bill for Winona State. And for the technical college, this repairs roofs, heating and ventilating systems. It ensures that you're going to upgrade all of your systems inside so you don't have buildings being degraded. Roads and bridges were in the bill. And this is a big issue with our cities and counties, particularly when we want to repair them. So these were projects that we didn't pass in the last legislative session. So these two bills were a makeup bill. How come? Very little new in this one. What you saw were things that had been introduced in the last legislative. Oh, and a large number of water projects for cities and counties uh, to improve their water systems. So you had a number of cities who wanted to have uh, a piping. Removing lead piping was a big issue. Yeah. Uh, also, improving their water towers and their sewer systems. So th- these two bills were huge. Uh, Gene Pulowski, if you haven't figured it out, he's a state rep out of Winona. I think. Are you a Winona native, Gene? I'm a fourth generation Winona native. Oh wow! And I uh, went to Winona State University, and uh, he's in the in Wisconsin. We call it the Assembly. In every other state, just about, we call it the House. He's in the House of, in Minnesota state government, um, and then you sit on the Higher Education Committee as well. Um, now, what's funny, you, you break down some of the infrastructure bill, but literally in the story at wisdomnews.com, it's an Associated Press story, but literally it's it's in the story it says, you know, this stuff is boring. <laughs> the infrastructure stuff is boring, but also it's a, a roads and bridges and, and uh, stuff like that. So it's kind of like the most important stuff that impacts our lives every day and also kind of like the it's too nuts and boltsy to, to really make, uh, you know, to be a good talk show fodder, I should say. It's really not boring uh, to the local communities that need to have roads and bridges replaced and repaired. Well, yeah, not boring in that sense. And particularly when we have winters, the ones like we're having now, uh, where, you know, pothole season is upon us, and uh, we're going to have to be going out there and repairing a lot of roads and a lot of highways. How do you feel about the roundabout that went up right outside the fleet farm there? Uh, How are you feeling about that? That project's kind of done and over with. Actually, I'd like it. I think if you just take your time, it's slick. Yeah, we're sitting at a stoplight and uh, waiting for a stoplight to let you through. And apparently it has cut down uh, the number of accidents. Yeah, in La Crosse, we're currently, we've built uh, two roundabouts and we've started work this week on three more on the same stretch of road, uh, South Avenue, just south of downtown La Crosse. As you go south out of La Crosse, there's going to be five roundabouts there. No, I think they're great. I, I, you know, they're, they take some time to build, but once they're there, it's very simple to operate them. And um, I'm all for taking it easy and going slow. Now, you guys are a part-time legislature. I make I have made a point to bring up, uh, and I haven't done it recently, but the the Wisconsin Wisconsin legislature is full time. But the, but last year, so two year terms. But last year they took eight months, the last eight months out of the year. To, they, they didn't meet in session for eight months. And then next year, so the end of this legislative session, they have seven months off. Um, how much do you guys work? Uh, we can only be in session 120 days over two years. So it breaks down this way. This would be the long budget year. So we're in January through May 22nd. Yet for the next year, we probably will be in either at the end of January and we'll still go into May. But the critical part here is we can only be on the floor 
120 days over two years. So the days we're not on the floor, we're in committee, and uh, the committees are going full blast. So a lot of time is spent in committee and uh, not that much time on the House floor because we got to be very careful how we use those days. All right, we're going to continue this conversation with State Rep, Minnesota State Rep Gene Pulowski. When we come back, we're going to take a news break. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you uh, if you have a question for Minnesota State Rep Gene Pulowski, he's in the Minnesota House of Representatives. He's a Winona native, and I think his district's Winona. I, I guess, Gene, your district number changes, it seems like, all the time. Uh, can you kind of give us a, an idea of where your district lies? My district now would be Winona down to just the very, I, I just sort of touch La Crescent. I have a few constituents in La Crescent. Um, I've got, um, I, you go north, I've got Goodview, and I go all the way up just past Rolling Stone, and then I go just past uh, Lewiston. How come, how come it's never a conversation in Minnesota? How come gerrymandering doesn't often come up in Minnesota? Because the courts do it. The Supreme Court did it again this year. But, or the, the last two years, I should say. Does it have to get lawsuited up to the Supreme Court, though, because the legislature can't decide on the lines? Well, you had a, a Democratic House and a Republican Senate, and remarkably, the two maps didn't match up. Yeah, unbelievable how it never works, and then it has to go to a court. Why don't we just have a system where it just goes to a, a body that makes maps fairly? Instead of well, this argument that, every ten that's years, actually been, that's actually been proposed. Can we do that As now? Might, now that uh, now that we have uh, now that Democrats have control, can we take the power out of Democrats and Republicans' hands to create a I system? Think, yeah, I think you're going to see it. The League of Women Voters has been pushing for this for decades. So. Yeah. Because in Wisconsin, um, the argument always was Democrats had control and didn't do this, and then Republicans took power uh, probably 11, 12 years ago, uh, gerrymandered the maps, and then now they won't ever relinquish power unless unless we change the system. But the 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 finger is always pointed at Democrats. You could have did something before this. Well, now Minnesota, Democrats have control. They could take the power out of their own hands. Right. They usually establish a commission, and the commission then does the redistricting. So, and it's a bipartisan commission. People are appointed to it, and they draw the maps. Yeah, the Iowa model is always pointed out, which is funny because Iowa is, like, so Republican that you would think something's going on there, but that's just the way it works. But the Iowa model seems to work. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. Let's see Gene Pulowski propose a, non, a, a commission to create uh, maps. I mean, we have 10 years to think about it. I, I believe in the 2,700-plus bills we've got, there's probably one to do that. Yeah, probably one or seven, right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, G mentioned before, there's uh, tw- over 2,700 bills that they're, uh, you know, they, do you have to, like, you don't have to read all 2,700, right? But you all, you all have to read whatever ones come through your committees? Um, well, there's the, there's the problem. Uh, the bills are then shipped out to committee. The committees have to... File those bills. We have to decide which bills we're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chair the higher ed committee. I don't get all that many bills, but Health and Human Services has over 500. Um, our state government bill probably, state government committee probably has a 400 plus by the time they're done. Uh, and that's an awful lot of bills to try to decide which ones you're going to hear. Um, how do you decide this one isn't going to, you know, we're not going to, I mean, are some of them just really ridiculous? 
yeah, a lot of them are really ridiculous. Do you have and any? Ex- should never have been introduced, but do you have an example you know, of of something like that? Like even if it's not this term, where you just roll uh, your eyes and go. Well, there. Even if it's not this term. <laughs> yeah. What's your making like top illegal, three bills that illegal to hang male and female underwear on the same clothesline? Oh, okay. What year was that? <laughs> that goes back quite a ways. Um, there, there was a bill to uh, give. Well, and I think it actually passed to give uh, free deer hunting licenses to the blind. Um, now, of course, you, someone would be with you. I would guess when you do that. Um, I mean, there's there's a whole assortment of um, oh, there was a bill to make it illegal to worry a squirrel. I mean, I I can see that one. I mean, what would you do? How would you not worry a squirrel? Put your dog in the house? I'm I'm not sure. And <laughs> you know, it, 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 of course, it was a time. Most of these bills were introduced at a time where nobody was monitoring what was being introduced. Yeah. So I assume it was some type of sense of humor but now everything's online you can look them up the day they're introduced um speaking of that are you online do you have any social media i've got a yeah facebook page and a twitter i i don't use it extensively um i like to only put things up that i think are worth putting up and i don't think people need to know my every daily move i see you have a personal facebook page but you don't have a. it doesn't look like you have a state rep page it's uh, it's both it is both. Um, okay. I think if you have two Facebook pages, you double the opportunity to soil yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, 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 you know, I complain that my state rep uh, in Minnesota doesn't have, and here's, yeah, I did find your Twitter. It doesn't have social media or not one that I can find anyway. Um, but yeah, here's your, okay. So you have, well, I also think it's funny when state reps have like their campaign page where they can throw anything they want out there. And then they have like their official page where it's all kind of bipartisan and, and very, you know, like down the, down the middle, no controversy on that page. It's kind of funny. Well, and social media. All right. I don't know how many people actually use it. They're more interested in uh, going to our regular sites that, you know, the posting of bills, what bills you're carrying, uh, things like that are usually a little more interesting to folks. Yeah. It looks like you're, you know, you're, you're, I haven't looked at it lately, but your, your Twitter page is, is pretty fairly active. It's, I think it's a good way to keep people updated on what you're doing even day to day. Hey, I'm mowing the lawn today. (laughs) You know, you can throw that out there. Um, Well, yeah. See, I don't think I need to post that. No, I'm just kidding. People do that. Right. Well, that would be like you know, I'm working on a bill to uh, to keep squirrels, you know, happy or something like that. Um, But you're gonna you're gonna run across some of these when 2,700 bills have been proposed in the in the Minnesota legislature, and you have 120 days to work on them. Well, and when you have members putting in as many as 100 bills, um, and we've got members in the House that are in the 60s, we have one I think senator that's approaching 100. That's an awful lot of bills to carry, and there's no way those all those bills are going to be heard. I mean, 120 days, 2,700 bills. That's uh, you just have to do 22 bills a day, 22, 23 bills a day. You could throw. But how many of those you're throwing out? Probably you're probably throwing out seven or eight of them. Well, assuming they could even get to the floor, they got to go through committee, and some of these have to go through a couple of committees at least. The the time on this is incredible. Assuming you want a bill that actually works, yeah, and uh, I, I want to pass legislation that works. 
that means you have to take time in committee to make sure it does work and you have public testimony to understand what the public thinks and wants. We're speaking with Minnesota State Rep. Gene Pulowski out of Winona. He's a Democrat there. Democrats have taken power in the Minnesota government, the entire government. And and so maybe that and that's a reason why we see t- over twenty seven hundred pills partially right because they think uh, now that Democrats have control. It, but how how often is that the case? If Democrats have control, a lot of these will pass. But it, are we going? I I feel like we're seeing some of that, but not all of it. Um, there is a tentative agreement with the Senate that we're not going to just lob bills over to the Senate as a message bill. Mm-hmm. That we'll work out. All right, if we pass this. We expect the Senate to take it up and pass it also. So that's why you've seen we pass, we passed more bills in January and February than we have in decades. So, I mean, we are passing more bills, uh, but we're also working with the Senate to ensure that they're going to take the bill up. There's no sense sending message bills over there. We've got a huge uh, surplus that surplus has got to be dealt with, and I would hope we deal with it with some type of tax cut along with uh, spending. So um, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, in Wisconsin, we have a $7.1 billion surplus. Minnesota has a, uh, now I forgot, is it $17.5 billion? 17.1? but you have to be careful about that number. About 5.5 of that is ongoing money. The rest of it is one-time money. So you yep. spend it once, it's gone. You, you can't do tax cuts with one-time money. You can't make investments in education with one-time money. But with one-time money, you can, for instance, as we did Monday night, make a huge investment in infrastructure because you are spending it one time with infrastructure. So there's there are two different types of bills that are in play here. Uh, what we call a base adjustment, that means that money is going to be with us as long as we're moving that uh, target. Or there's one-time money that you spend it once and it's gone. Um, you really can't take the one-time money and put it into, for instance, you want to improve education, you want to hire more teachers. Well, you can't use one-time money for that. Um, a texter a texter texted in, uh, Bill texted in, I don't know why I said a texter texted in. Uh, Rick, I heard they were going to fund these record bills that were passed in Minnesota by raising property taxes uh, fourfold in Houston. Uh, gee, my, my property taxes are going up. I'm not, I'm not especially happy about it. Okay, first of all, the state does not raise property taxes. Okay. Local units of government raise property taxes. The state buys down property taxes through local government aid for the cities and for aid to the counties. So when they say that we're raising property taxes, that isn't done by the state. It's done by the cities and the counties, townships, and school boards. All right. So I got to go complain to them. Sorry. Sorry. I brought it up. (laughs) Um, Okay, so one-time money, $17.5 billion, uh, and we got, we've talked about this in Wisconsin quite a bit. There's the there's use this billion-dollar surplus for one-time things, and then how are you going to pay for it if you're going to do initiatives down the road? Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about that more with Gene Plowski. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Gene Plowski, Minnesota State How. Uh, yeah, house rep uh, on with me. He's out of Winona. Uh, we're, we're talking over the break. I was just throwing him all the school dilemmas that the lacrosse has as we talk about. And I have a school board member on with me tomorrow or a, a school board member candidate on with me tomorrow. Um, schools in, in. So, Gene, I was just saying to you over the break, uh, lacrosse, a failed referendum to build a new high school, $195 million. Another referendum to keep the lights on on this spring ballot. 
is Minnesota and is the Winona area going through the same dilemmas where school public schools just aren't getting the funds that they need? Uh, they're going through it across Minnesota and, and Winona is too, and part of it's declining enrollment. We have a significant declining enrollment in our K-12 system, and since we fund the system per pupil, each school district gets X amount of money for each student. When you're in declining enrollment, you can see some pretty sharp drops in your budget. Uh, the other side of it is we also have infrastructure problems. We've got some buildings that are very old in some of our school districts and even in Monona. We've got buildings that are 60 years or older that we're using and now are in desperate need of repair. Some of it would be roof repair. Some of it would be heating and ventilating. And some of it's just upgrading it so you can do things in the 21st century. Technology changes how your classrooms operate. Does the state have? Does the state or even the Winona area have a like a, a so-called teacher shortage? Is it, are they desperate to get teachers? Yes, there is a teacher shortage. I teach the um, teaching social studies in the secondary at Winona State every fall. These are the future uh, social studies teachers in Minnesota, and uh, all of these students can get a job if they want one. There is a massive teacher shortage, and the pandemic made it much worse. Um, with the pandemic and the extra stress, you had teachers retiring much earlier than they probably would have if there had not been a pandemic. All right. So if we have declining enrollment, wouldn't, wouldn't that balance out? We have a teacher shortage, but we also have less students. So do we need less teachers? Uh, you still need program. I mean, you have to have certain courses taught, and we want a well-educated public. So you still need those classes in place. You also have extracurricular activities. Uh, and, you know, what community uh, doesn't want their football team or their basketball team? You've got co-ed activities now where you've got girls, you know, teams also being played. So you've got a lot of funding issues here when uh, you're talking about keeping all of this working with declining enrollment and then with also shortages of staff. Um, is, so is there is there talk? Because we could talk about free school meals. We could talk about other other things. That is there talk? Because Minnesota has a seventeen billion dollar budget surplus. That would be one time funding. But we need to we need a long range plan to help to to keep public schools funded. Uh, La Crosse has eighty five million dollars in deferred maintenance. So building costs. You, you're talking the same thing over there. That would be one time spending. But beyond that, how do we, how do we solve the dilemma? The governor has proposed. Uh I think over $2 billion uh, of new money for K-12 systems. In fact, it may even be more than that. It's uh, the largest increase I've ever seen, and it's to address all of the things that we brought up. Now, I don't know what the legislature is going to do yet. We're still assessing all of that. Uh, But our first bill deadline for policy bills was this Friday. Uh, Our deadlines are coming up now, and uh, so would be our targets to resolve these issues. But uh, we've already seen the Governor Wall say we're going to put a lot of money in K-12. And when he says that, is that more for is it more for infrastructure needs or is it more for like teacher raises or anything like that? What is it? What kind of I mean, it's a lot of money. You have to remember infrastructure is done at the local level. That's done by selling bonds through the school boards and their referendums. So we can help them a little bit with technology and other things, but most of that's done locally. This would be primarily for teachers uh, to support staff. Counseling is a big issue now, a huge issue. So hiring more counseling. Um, It could go to teacher salaries in a way, uh, but it's more likely to be used to make sure programs stay in place. 
that we're not going to be cutting programs on top of everything else. Okay. Well, it sounds to me like we could use some of this money to to do infrastructure. I mean, $70.5 billion would solve a lot of local problems if we just, hey, you know what? We don't have to go to referendum to, to help, uh, you know, update the schools. Uh, that hasn't been discussed yet, but as I've said already, I'm sure somewhere in the 2,700 plus bills, there's one to do that. Right, because Winona, what's the dilemma Winona's going through? They're ha- they have referendums on the ballot, right? They're, they're looking for about an $85 million referendum, and it would be for facilities and programs. Okay, so what if the state swooped in and said, here's, you know, $50 million from our $17.5 billion budget surplus? It, that's a possibility. That might be something that comes out of the hearings uh, that they're going to now in the House and Senate. Is that one of those that, like, Gene Pulowski could write, one of the 2,700 bills? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check to make sure there isn't one already in. And I'm not on K-12 finance. I'm chairing higher ed. So that would be something I would let K-12 finance handle. Well, Winona State would have, I I don't know, right? Colleges would have the same building dilemmas, right? But colleges are funded differently? Colleges are funded differently. That's true. Okay. Uh, the, the, The buildings at the colleges are funded by the state. Uh, and that's a, it's a whole different animal. Yeah, and yeah, uh, UW Lacrosse kind of going through that right now as we try to br- build a second half of a science center that's been five years in the waiting. And I feel like after five years, things that are science are kind of some of that stuff goes obsolete. Tech and science. Um, it just seems yeah. funny to me that we have across Wisconsin the same the same public education dilemmas as it sounds like Minnesota is having, and both states have giant budget surpluses, and we're not just resolving the issues with uh, with these one time funds. Well, I, I, I'm not sure that you're saying we haven't. We're not done with session by a long shot, and um, all of this is in discussion. But when you, when you talk about higher ed, too, uh, in my committee, we have spent two months just dealing with budget and a unique dilemma that's across all of our higher ed systems declining enrollment. You're not going to see a lot of new buildings being built in, with the declining enrollment that's going on right now in higher ed. But you are going to see what we call higher education asset preservation and repair. You're going to see a lot of money put into making sure the buildings that are there are going to be kept in good shape. Yeah, that, and I'm not saying we need to build new buildings. I, I just think we could update them or at least keep them up to snuff, uh, you know, instead of having deferred maintenance like lacrosse has. And I'm sure you have the same dilemma. Um, keeping with the, the schools as a former educator yourself, uh, Wisconsin kind of, this was kind of thrown out there. I don't know how, how solid it's going to be, but free school meals. So we did this federally, we did this, and then we just ended it, uh, heading into the school year for whatever reason. I don't really know why we didn't end, like why, why the federal government couldn't keep feeding the kids for free. Uh, what do you think of free school meals? Governor Tim Walz has proposed this in Minnesota as well. Well, we've already passed it, uh, and I voted for it. During the pandemic, it became painfully apparent that sometimes, well, too many students, the only meal they got was at school. And that may have been a breakfast and a lunch, or it may just have been lunch because of the pandemic. There were massive complaints from parents that their children weren't being fed. So it, it showed us how significant it was to have those meals available. And if you remember during the pandemic, you could come to the schools and you could pick up those meals because they were federally funded. Yep. Uh, well, we're going to fund them now. And I, I like the analogy that 
we give textbooks to everyone. We give a computer or an iPad to everyone at the schools. We don't judge how much money the family makes. Everybody gets a book. Everybody gets technology. And I think everybody should get a meal, too. Yeah, we all we almost should go the other way. We should probably start with food, make sure every kid has that, and then beyond that, make them, we'll figure out the tech stuff. <laughs> if, if you've ever seen a student who wasn't eating properly, and I taught for 37 years, you, you would say, we've got to get them a meal. That's critical for it. And they're growing, too. That's the other thing. Um, so it, it's a critical component of education. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Representative Pulowski gets a little hangry too when he he doesn't get to eat, right? <laughs> uh, in our schedule, I'm lucky if I get a any eating during the day. I lately I've just been taking sandwiches I make at, in my apartment <laughs> to the office. Um, in fact, I had one today. It was rather good. It was sliced turkey and cheese and wheat. Well, I think I think one of the proposals, one of the twenty seven hundred proposals uh, in the in those bills, is free free uh, legislator meals. I think that's in there. Catered? No, I don't think I don't think that one is. I, I can only hope it is because I hope I get a hold of it. Uh, that one would go down real fast. There's just a little buffet at the end of the the aisle there in the in the Capitol, something like that. I right? would think a, a legislator that puts that bill in should eat the bill. Well, <laughs> I should eat the bill. I was going to say it would pass unanimously. What are you talking about? Um, okay, so uh, uh, this is a kind of a goofy conversation because we we have a Minnesota has a seventeen and a half or seventeen plus billion dollar budget surplus, but we could actually grow this by legalizing recreational marijuana, legalizing sports gambling, both things that I believe are proposed or at least being discussed. Um, what do you think of legalizing uh, recreational marijuana? It's something that all the it seems like a lot of the neighboring states, at least in Wisconsin, all the neighboring states are talking about or have done already. Yeah, when we had the uh, we had the mini session in Winona in October second, third, and fourth of 2019 before the pandemic, and we had hearings in Winona, Caledonia, Rochester, uh, Austin, um, all over, and we had one in Winona at RTP Company, and Hugh Miller, the CEO, came down, and they only had four points. He was sitting next to me, and the fourth point was, if you legalize marijuana, then you have to tell us how we can tell somebody's high, because we don't want people operating equipment or driving trucks from our company if they're high on marijuana. The county attorney doesn't like the legalizing of marijuana. The police chief doesn't like the legalizing of marijuana. The sheriff doesn't like the legalizing of marijuana. And there are numerous religious groups that aren't too keen on it either. So, uh, and if you talk about raising money, the states that have legalized it, there isn't that much money in it when you consider the offset of how you're going to regulate it. So I'm not for legalizing marijuana. So our, our law, does law enforcement not know how to check for people that are high on marijuana right now? Is that what you're saying? There is no, there is no test to tell that you're high. Okay, so they don't know how to, to – so anyone that's on marijuana and driving gets, gets off scot-free? Well, I don't know if they get off scot-free if they've had an accident or caused an accident. I mean, there'd be a penalty. But there's no way to check. So, and I'm concerned, too, about businesses. We don't need people operating equipment uh, that are not in their best uh, state of mental health. So do businesses come in? when I, If I'm a truck driver, I come into work, do I get a breathalyzer in the morning every day before I go drive truck? I, well, a breathalyzer, when there's no way right now to identify that you are high. 
Right, but that now, would that would identify if I'm drunk, and that's legal. And uh, the, uh, the only other way to tell if I'm drunk is if you saw me drinking, or, or or you know, you'd have to interact with me. But if you interacted with me and and I was high, you would be able to tell as well. Well, I don't know if I'd be able to tell if you're high or not, but I think I'd be able to tell if you couldn't operate equipment or something else. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. If you could tell if I'm not able to operate equipment if I'm high on marijuana or if I'm high on alcohol, essentially. It's the yeah, same thing. You're not giving <laughs> businesses aren't giving people breathalyzers to make sure they're not drunk before they drive semi trucks. Um, <laughs> all I know is this I've had the Chamber of Commerce statewide and locally express great concern about this. I've had the county attorney express great concern about how what this is going to do to the legal systems. I've had both the police and sheriffs saying, we don't like this. It's going to cause us a lot of problems, and it isn't worth it. So until we can figure all that out, uh, I'm a no vote. All right. So, have you talked to other states that have legalized it? Illinois, Michigan. What the, what their what's their law enforcement say with uh, the number of people high on marijuana that have been arrested? Uh, it's a mixed bag, and uh, the the sales of this stuff doesn't generate the revenue that everybody talks about. Okay, but what does law enforcement say in those states? They're concerned the same way we are that uh, we can't identify who's high and who isn't. We can't legally identify. There's no test to prove. Okay, but we already have people high on marijuana that are that are getting pulled over. I mean, it's not like marijuana doesn't exist when it's not legal. Well, but if you can't identify it, you can't charge them unless they're driving so erratically that they're breaking the law. Okay, so then you just give them a speeding ticket and they drive away? Uh, that's the case. And if you can't identify that they're high. Okay, but I see police reports all the time that are people are, are being arrested because they had they have marijuana there they have marijuana in their system. Well, I think they had marijuana in the car. <laughs> okay, I, so I mean, it was possession was the problem. I yeah, but I mean, they do they do sobriety tests for for stuff like this as well when you're high on drugs and they fail sobriety tests based on and based on being high. I mean, you don't, we don't have a fentanyl test, we don't have a cocaine test. Yeah, but we're not legalizing those. Right, but we don't. But people still do them and get and get pulled over. Yeah, people do it, and it's against the law. Right. So if you get caught with it, if you get, it's mainly getting caught with it. I don't think it's the performance that's the problem. It's being caught with it. Yeah, but you understand, police police put these people through sobriety tests, and they fail them because they're on drugs that you can't detect because of a breathalyzer, which is inadmissible in court, I believe. Well, until they figure it out. Um, <laughs> We've got other issues we can resolve um, that we should be dealing with. All right. What about legalizing sports gambling? We already have a lottery. Like, I can play the lottery any day. I can give money to the state. And they and and at least in sports gambling, I can have a little bit of a say of, of what I bet on. Okay. I, I'm not a big fan of gambling, period. I've been a no on expanding gambling my whole time in the legislature. I, I think it is a type of activity that causes great societal harms. People tend to gamble too much, and it causes problems uh, in the family and in their personal lives. Um, I'm not for it. All right. Would you propose a bill, one of the 2,700, to get rid of the lottery system then? I don't use the lottery. The lottery's been passed, and um, 
it's there. People want to use it. That's fine. I think it's a mistake, but that's up to the individual. Right, but the, can't you just say the same thing for sports gambling? You don't use sports gambling, but it's there. People can use it if they want. I think what you're talking about, though, is expanding it. I, I don't think gambling is good at all, period. Right. Uh, here, uh, people use it. Uh, something that I think causes harm, I don't need to expand. All right, I understand. Uh, 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 Gene Plowski, I really appreciate you coming on with me. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. I enjoyed it. All right, see you later. All right, I got to take one more break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm just going to wrap up here. Thanks again to Minnesota State Rep Gene Pulowski uh, out of Winona there. He's been doing that since 1986. I didn't didn't like the arguments anti-legalizing marijuana. And anti-legalizing sports gambling, unless you're going to go the other way. I, I mean, like it, the, the the argument that we already have the lottery system, so you know we shouldn't expand it. Well, if you're against gambling, then you should propose some legislation to get rid of the lottery system because you're against gambling. And what's done is done can't be it because if you're and if the argument is well, they can do it if they want if they choose. Well, then I can gamble on sports if I choose. Let me let me be. <laughs> The one that chooses it, right? Um, so me arguing with the Democrat, that's new on this show. But legalizing legalizing marijuana is a little bit uh, more complicated. Um, I'd like to see data from the states that have legalized it. Uh, you know, how much money is coming in? How, how big of a problem is it for law enforcement? Are accidents increased because somebody is high on marijuana? It's not like people don't have marijuana now and aren't high on it. And law enforcement doesn't have the ability to detect it. I get it's it's not as cut and dry as there's a breathalyzer test, so that's you know how we detect it. But I believe breathalyzers only just tell you that they're uh, drunk, right? Like they, you can't use them in, against you in court, right? I, I I guess I don't know. We'll have the sheriff on someday to kind of break some of this down, and I'm sure, of course, law enforcement isn't going to be. It's funny because law enforcement isn't going to be for legalizing marijuana because it's going to make their job a little bit harder because there there will be more people driving and and high, I guess if you want to call it that. But we can make the same argument about guns. Probably a better argument. We shouldn't have so many guns in the streets because that would make their job harder as well, right? Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to have a school board member on, a school board candidate on tomorrow to obviously talk about the uh, uh, school board, school dilemmas that we're going through. We have eight candidates right now, four school board seats, open seats, so no incumbents are running. So that should be interesting.